welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. everyone and welcome back to out of the box with christine i am your host christine blasdale and you are so lucky that you tuned in today because well first of all i have one of my favorite people on the whole planet but we're going to be talking about our own psychic abilities with someone who is i i respect her so much the work that she done has done I feel I have that goosebump producing system that when I feel goosebumps, I know that it's correct. I know that it's, you know, divine. Well, Lou George is one of those people that have created lots of goosebumps when she's spoken, when she's done her Facebook lives and she's joining us today, our very own psychic detective, Lou George. How you doing, Lou? Oh, what an intro. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, it's uh, great to have you be- It's great to have you back because I had you on quite a while ago, I think, right? Yeah. Many moons ago, as they say. Mm -hmm. So just to to jump right in, why don't you let our listeners and our viewers also know a little bit about your abilities. I know that there are some folk who see things, hear things, there's audio clarion. I've... I'm such mm-hmm. a n- novice at this. Tell our yeah. listeners a little bit about what it is that you do and how that came to be. Okay, fine. So if we're talking about um, our faculties, then I'm predominantly clairvoyant, which is, means I see. I see visions unfolding. I see spirit as if, um, kind of like a movie, okay. like a movie playing. Um, I am clairaudient, so I hear, I have the ability to hear what they're saying. I'm able to channel information, so that's connecting to source, or what some people may call God. Plug straight into source and bring down information, prophecy. Um, I suppose I first learned to do it, and we spoke a little bit about it on our first interview that we did some time back. Um, so so when did you discover that you had these abilities? Were you a child? Were you, was it later in life? I'd had experiences as a child, um, but not, we're not taught that we're psychic. So, no, what no. Tends to, nah. so what tends to happen with children is that um, it can be a scary experience. And so oftentimes we have parents that will say it's just your imagination or it was a bad dream. You know, that you're just, you're just imagining this. And so we discredit and we discount children's experiences. And I think it's so important that we don't do that. Um, we need to try and normalize um, spirit communication and, and psychic experiences because, of course, they're all 
experiences that every one of us is having to different degrees, how much we will allow them. And I think to empower a child in letting them know that they're in control of the experience and how they can control it by teaching them, giving them tools, uh, is it can be a beautiful thing. And isn't it interesting that we discount it, um, especially children, young children who are so close to source, right? You're, you're, yeah. when, when you're born, you're the closest to source and you have all these amazing abilities and then society, socioeconomic situations, you know, popular, the zeitgeist of the, the era of the time yeah. kind of, kind of strips you away from that and says, you know, and then there's some religious, you know, I mean, my God, you know, mm -hmm. now we're in, you know, in a, in a, a time where it's a little bit more acceptable but can you imagine, I mean, back in the day, we'd get burned at the stake, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, so it just I depends think, on where, you, where you're from. I think with children, like you said, there's no one closer to source. Fresh out of the womb, fresh from that side of heaven onto the earth plane. And so oftentimes you'll see babies babbling and talking to what appears to be nothing, right? Babies right. remembering life experiences toddlers who haven't got earthly knowledge and don't watch the news and read the papers and are, are privy to conversations about worldly events but they're able to document in a factual way um it's there's a lot of fear with adults because for some people it can be really creepy to hear a kid talking and behaving in this way um so we, we're responsible for a lot of the conditioning that we do to our children and then of course like you said society vaccines our diets all these things are polluting that brand new fresh pineal gland and so consequently we're shutting down that child's psychic abilities when you say with the pineal gland um yeah. most people don't even know what that is don't even know that we have it don't yeah. have a clue <laughs> talk about that from your from your knowledge what is the pineal gland and 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 what's the important aspect of that Right, okay, so the pineal gland is literally a gland, an organ within our heads. Right here? Yeah, right about here, a little uh -huh. bit, kind of in the center. Okay. Right about this height, in the center. Um, and it is literally, it is what we call the third eye. It is literally like an eye. It has rods and cones like our physical eyes. And it is how we perceive um, psychic phenomena. So it is with the third eye that we see spirit, not the naked eye. I have heard, I don't know, I don't have the scientific background for this, but I've also heard that there are things that, um, that we, that we do, that we ingest that can also diminish the, the strength of that pineal gland, right? Yeah, it becomes calcified um, through a number of things. But if we're talking about vaccines, mercury, heavy metals particularly will calcify the pineal gland and so lessen its um, abilities, its functionality. What we're ingesting in our diets, you know, especially if you're a meat eater, not going off on the meat eaters here, but they particularly are eating, well, you've got the issue of them eating an animal so, you, so they're ingesting all the fear vibration and the trauma of that animal. And on top of that, whatever hormones that animal has been injected with for longevity of, of their meat. So we're putting all these, and the sugars, aspartame, all these things that we're putting in our bodies. Chemicals being sprayed in the air. Yes. Chemicals that we use around the house. And then, and then of course. And then, then, and then there's also that thing that millions and millions of Americans do every day, brushing their right. teeth. And right. yeah. 
the fluoride has had that's that's what I have heard as well that the fluoride has a way of calcifying that sort of covering up that 100% which is why they offer the fluoridation of your children's teeth in schools here I don't know if they do it over there in the states oh yeah oh yeah yeah and which putting it in water they put it in um infant water yeah yeah we don't need it we absolutely don't need it it's, it's toxic to us um but yes that that all has an effect on the pineal gland and that's exactly why they do it because you're giving it to children of school age you're targeting specifically school-aged children infants as you're putting them in this system of programming of school programming right you're just you're making it so that whole process is making pliable children who um are easier to easier to control right they don't want free, free thinkers people who think out of the box they want conditioned little sheep yes yeah and also when you have that ability to tap into whatever if you call it love god light the universe when you have that ability to tap into that it changes your perspective on life it changes your perspective on what you should be doing how you should be treating others because as you know we're all connected right we're all one mm -hmm. we literally are connected i've got little bits of me that are little you know bits of you and you know the the trees are little bits of of us as well and it separates us from that which which is the one of the biggest tragedies of that it's separate well, it's, the, it's the worst of all but i think the primary purpose is to um condition in such a way that we have children who are being programmed to be workers to serve because when you're connected to source that is when you fall into your life's purpose and like you said the realization of you know i am she he is me we are one um so the school system is not there to and the fluoridization and, and all of that that goes with it, the vaccinations, is not there to create children to be connected to source. It's deliberately trying to, to come against that. It wants workers. It wants a herd suppressing the free thinkers because, as you said, if you're connected to source, you fully understand and start to see what your path is and what your purpose in this life is. And, and so everybody would be self-employed. Everybody would be... Um, living fulfilling lives serving up and there would be no more wars because why no. would you yeah when you don't when you are cut off from source it's much easier to say that's a bad guy that's the enemy go kill and they do i mean look at you know there's cemeteries full of dead you know servicemen and women based on the fact that they were told that that was the enemy they're bad right. vietnam the vietnam war which was the one of the biggest scams this this world has ever seen is the amount of devastation from that war alone and then what right. like 40 years later mcnamara said oh we got it wrong oops didn't need to happen yeah and so, and so leading in with that you know the propaganda that the children are given in the school system the history books have been rewritten and so if we had children with those beautiful fresh unpolluted third eyes they would question all the material that they're given they would question history they would question why these things have happened you know yeah and and, and so that's not the plan that's not the plan to have children thinking in this free-minded way 
Well, on out of the box radio, we're going to be like getting, we're going to be telling parents and soon to be parents to think outside of the box when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. And really, because I love the thing that you do. Well, you're brilliant. I mean, you, you, you just, you're so connected and, and we're going to get into some of the maybe cold case files and also some of the people who have maybe transitioned that we, we've been told they transitioned this way, but we know that when someone is, um, when someone is taken off of this planet and it is a lie, they, at an opportunity where there's a really pure source for, for communication, they will come and talk to us and say, that ain't, that ain't right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't kill myself. (laughs) Right. Very much so. And it's important to question that official narrative. Exactly. But we, isn't it interesting as a society, we don't, well, because we want to trust daddy, right? Yeah. And the government is daddy. Right. And it's accumulative of all the things that we've just discussed from birth we're getting stuck with how many vaccinations immediately? Way more than when I was a child. Water. Yeah. Yeah. Then the schooling system. Yes. And, and so it continues. Our parents conditioning. Then what we're hearing on the news. And then the bombardment as well uh, from the RF and EMF frequencies that we have. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. We have something that's coming down the pike and it's already being implemented in several places, which is 5G, which is definitely not yeah. a step from 4G to 5G, just like a little bit more power. We're talking about massive, massive interruption of our electrical systems and um, Lord knows what those systems will do. And that's why also I want to encourage people to tap into their own psychic abilities and into their own intuition and mm-hmm. let that be their guide more than what's coming down the pike. And I, I don't like to put fear out. I don't like to be a fear. No, no, uh, no, but, but it's totally aware. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's awareness and, and enabling, empowering people to be able to make those decisions for themselves, to feel the truth behind every circumstance. And I went to see David Icke speak. I think it was last year. Oh, yeah. In Bristol. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and he spoke quite at length about 5G and how it had been rolled out in a certain town in the UK. I can't remember where he had said it was specifically, but that, um, you know, the effects that it had on the neighborhood. I think it was literally just one neighborhood, but you were having women with uh, pregnant women with deformed children, stillbirths. Um, cancer spiking, just awful, awful effects from a really short period of being exposed to this 5G. We had David Icke on as well on Out of the Box yeah. several years ago. Um, I love the work that he does because he's not, a, he's, he's actually very courageous to just to come out, yes. you know, in high profile because we know sometimes it can be dangerous to speak out. We know that all, a lot of our great, you know, wonderful people that have graced this earth, Martin Luther King Jr., people that have really wanted to do a change, um, their life was cut short because they were seen as a threat to this machine of control yeah. and fear, right? He was yeah. preaching love and he got in big trouble when he was talking about the Vietnam War and, you know, mm-hmm. coming from a place of love. And that was just too threatening to the powers that be. So in this show, what I would like to do, because you are, like I said, you're just absolutely amazing in this psychic detective work that you do. Why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers 
about some of the cases that you have been looking into that maybe Source has kind of pushed you into? What's, what's, what's happening right now? What's hot right now on your radar? Do you know, there's so much. I don't think... Well, let's start with Prince. We've got Prince now who was murdered almost four years ago, four years in April. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Time flies, huh? Um, and I think that's where my work started going in this direction of murder cases and corruption within the industry and just particularly challenging um, official narratives. You know? So it started with Prince and getting to I know you've had Abigail Noel on, on the show yes. many times but I don't yes. think I need to go into the Prince story do I or oh no but we can refresh people just a, a, a refresh. bit of a refresher yeah real refresh okay and that, perhaps I'll tell it from my perspective then is that and how I came to meet you and Ab and, and of everybody course. so so four years ago I am teaching psychic development and I heard because I, I don't watch the news or read the paper or something like that but of course social media right my feed was full of princes died, right? And it was a, it was a huge shock, as I imagine it was to most people. Um, now, Prince wasn't on my radar since I was a teenager. I'm 40 this year. But I hadn't thought of Prince in all these years. So I never, never followed him. I had one album, I think. Well, in fact, it was my brother's. He used to pinch it from his bedroom. So wasn't a mega fan of Prince. And I think it's important to state that simply because even though I've come to really love and appreciate and I I'm just adore him now, I think it's important to mention that because when you get celebrities um, transitioning, and especially in these kinds of circumstances, and you get a lot of fans who become really emphatic about it and, and immersed in a story. That wasn't me. So I think that's, that's the purpose of me telling that I wasn't a fan. Same here. Yeah, same right. Here. Fantastic. So you get it. So I became all consumed with Prince because immediately it felt wrong. It felt absolutely wrong. Stories were coming out saying, you know, he was so promiscuous that, you know, he'd contracted AIDS, HIV and AIDS. Um, and I was like, that's wrong. No, he didn't. And then, then it would be drug overdose. And I was like, nah, nah. But at that time, I had so much going on in my life, and this was new, that I would be connecting with a celebrity, right? I hadn't had this experience. And when I'd had my formal training for psychic development, my teacher was very old school, and she, bless her, had said, somebody in class had asked, well, could you connect with Elvis? Could you, could you channel Elvis? And she said, from a limited perspective, her own experience, I guess. No, you couldn't, unless you knew Elvis in the physical or you were sitting with a member of his family, you wouldn't be able to bring him through. So I was then conditioned to behave and believe that way. Right, right. Until it happened spontaneously. And I think it had to happen with someone like Prince for me to know that I wasn't fangirling and obsessing over someone. Exactly, yeah. Right, yeah. And that's exactly what happened. I became all consumed because it felt like a huge loss, a huge shock. And the stories weren't right. They just weren't right. right. None of it made sense. So my bullshit detector was going off. Um, so yeah, so at that time I was mega busy. I was actually learning to drive and about to do my driving test. I'm late in life learning to drive. So 
I was like, please, he was bugging me, right? He was on my ass, really bugging me. I would be out on a driving lesson, now preparing for tests, and a little red Corvette would pull in front of me. And I don't think, <laughs> right? and I'm in the UK, I don't think I've ever seen a, a red Corvette in my life. No. No. <laughs> it, was, it was just crazy. So I was like, right, what do you want? Because you harassing me, you, you bothering me, what do you want? And I put everything down that I was doing because I thought unless I connect with this guy and just listen to what he has to say, he couldn't leave me alone and it's stressing me out. Right. And as soon as I did that, the floodgates opened and he started just communicating everything that had happened, how he was murdered, who was involved, how it happened, why it happened. And it was just the most bizarre story. And so just to quickly, not to go through it all because I do believe Abigail's covered that so very much. Um, that Prince's inner circle was infiltrated um, and uh, Prince was poisoned via his drink, his fresh juice drink that he consumed that night uh, for the purposes of ownership of his music rights. Um, Which was, so let's, let's, not, let's not gloss over that, right? Because right. he had finally taken back his, because um, that was the whole thing, the artist formerly known as Prince, basically... Was it, is it Sony who was the, the record label that he was signed with? Warner Brothers. Warner, Warner. Brothers. Sorry, Warner mm -hmm. Brothers. But what, hap what, what happened is that he had finally had control of his, of his music, right? Artistry, yeah. Of his artistry, which is huge. In the music industry, it's just because they're just slimy little dogs. And no disrespect to dogs at all. But um, <laughs> no. he had finally regained ownership of his music that he was creating, right? And we're talking, it was worth quite a bit of money, mm -hmm. like hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. They, they had a billion dollar, Warner Brothers had a billion dollar life insurance policy on him. Oh, no. So the moment oh, no, 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 no. Anytime yeah. anybody wants to take a million or a billion dollar life yeah. insurance policy on me, I'm like, hell no. So right, if I die, so yeah. if I die, you get a billion dollars? Right. Then you got a target on your back the whole the, the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. No. And this was not talked about at all. Mm -hmm. A billion yeah. dollars. So the people don't realize it. It's only people who become very passionate about the case that will look into it and investigate and look at the transcripts, the interviews, who's investigated, what they have to say. Because most people will accept the story that this guy was an opioid addict. Oh, let me back up. That was the first thing I could hear him saying when I started reading the newspaper, not reading newspapers, forgive me, um, the news feed on Facebook and it was saying um, suspected drug overdose and such. He kept saying, and the, and the AIDS thing, he kept saying to me, I'm clean, I'm clean. Uh, yeah, sorry, it started with the AIDS thing and I said, so you haven't got AIDS? And he, and he kept on, I'm clean, I'm clean. So I was thinking it was like disease, you know, that he was referring to disease, I'm clean from any disease. But it was both. Yeah. He had no disease in the body, no addiction in the body. He's extremely healthy, as a matter of fact, right? Yeah, a bit, yeah. bit of a health nut. Really? Not a health nut, but yeah, he was... Um, very conscious. Very conscious uh, about mm -hmm. what he consumed. Um, and he had a very intense schedule, so that would also demand that as well. Um, mm -hmm. But then he had an inner circle that um, yep. probably got a very large pay payout. Yeah. As, as Abigail Noel likes to say, the golden parachute, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, she does. Yeah. yeah. So 
so does Prince, does he still communicate with you from time to time? I f- I'm feeling his energy right now. I'm here and I'm feeling his energy and he's actually really super stoked. He's happy that we're talking yeah. about this. Yeah. Um, well, Prince changed my life in so many ways and, and my outlook. And so I remember saying to him back four years ago, don't ever leave me. Just don't ever leave. And that wasn't a fear thing, but I just can't imagine not speaking to him every day, not feeling him, not having his guidance and his support. Um, Because I do work with him every day. Not as extensively now, because I'm not working the case anymore. Correct. Right. I've distanced a little bit from that. But um, just in my personal life, he's like a friend. He's a guide, a mentor, and an inspiration. You know, he, he he inspires me to want to be cleaner. Uh, be more artistic, you know, be more creative, be braver and bolder. So I, th- I envision him as an ascended master. I oh, he do. totally is. Yeah. 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 A, l- a little bit more, um, a little bit more hipper and relatable than Jesus, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely he wouldn't wear those sandals. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> or those robes. No. Oh, he's got, um, he's got the occasional robe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, so let's talk about, um, others that have, um, that have communicated with, we, we had, we had also mentioned before this actual recording of the show, um, you had said that, um, Whitney Houston is, has, how, what happened? What happened? That, did she? Oh, Whitney wants the mic. Whitney wants the mic back. (laughs) Yes. Back on, when did we connect? I think it was Friday and we said we'd hook up today and have a chat. And I said, okay, because I knew I was going out over the weekend. I said to you, let me open the door tonight then and see who wants to come through because I'll have no time to prepare. So as I left you, I opened the door. But I felt, and so I had people like I had Bob Marley coming through. I was like, oh, okay. But then my logic brain was telling me, it's because I'm going to a reggae place tomorrow. I was thinking I'm connect, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for that information I felt. It didn't feel like it was like just flowing. And so I had many, many, many people coming through. But like I said, I felt I was working for it. So what I did was I said, oh, bugger it, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I got to go to bed. And if you, if you want my attention, you'll just come and get me now as asleep. And I lay down and literally as soon as I closed my eyes, I got a very, just one snapshot of the, the crime scene of Whitney Houston's murder, right? But it was something that I hadn't seen before because I haven't worked this case in a very long time. So it's not something that I would have chosen to speak about because I felt like I have to Correct. be fresh now. So I've had to say to her today, if you want me to talk about this, because she's been persistent, I've had to say, if you want me to talk about it, you need to speak through me then because... Right, kind of I not- need something. I need something. Yeah, I'm not really up to speed on this anymore. And the scene that I had, that snapshot that I had was specifically of her face being put down into the tub. So she's standing outside of it and from behind her hair is pulled and she's put under. God bless her, I know, that's horrible, that's awful. And I had never seen that before. So I saw that and I literally went straight to sleep. They kind of knock you out so that you, I, and I feel it's my understanding that it's so that they can, can attune you as you sleep in and kind of drop messages down. Went on with my day yesterday out with my friends and um, she came up again. And I said to the girls, I think, I think I need to speak about Whitney. And when I came home in the evening, 
I, I posted a picture on Facebook of our day out and straight away there's links about Whitney. There's friends posting videos of, um, you know, just her songs, her music, things like that. And I'm like, all right, I got you. Oh, okay, you. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But what's really weird is that, and I'll try and keep this short because it's a bit of a personal story, but months before Whitney passed, maybe three months before, my mum had phoned me and she said to me, oh my God, isn't it terrible? She was reeling, right? Whitney's dead. I'm like, what are you talking about? Whitney Houston said, I've just seen it on the news and she's describing what she's seen now. You know, that scene in The Bodyguard when Whitney's just looking glorious and she's got all that, like, that dress just flowing and she's, ah, just, I think it's like, I want to run into that song. She just looks like an angel. She said, I've just seen all of the news. She's been found in a hotel. She's drowned in the bath, right? I'm like, she's not dead, mum. My mother had got in from work in the middle of the day and she'd laid on the sofa and had a nap. And, but she, right, so she left the body, she went out onto the astral. Right. And so she was able to witness this event beforehand, wow. right? But she Before didn't even know happened. that. Yeah, she right. didn't know that. She literally, she truly felt that she was laying on the sofa just relaxing and watching the tally and that it came up on the news, okay? So after telling me, she was like, she is, so she, I've just seen it all. She was insistent. So then after me saying, oh, I haven't heard anything, she goes on to her customers, her clients, and she's, she's telling everybody that she comes across about Whitney and everybody's pulling up Sky News and it's not there. And so she, my mother now is back on the phone to me saying, I think I've had a stroke or something because yeah, I'm like, yeah, because, because also she felt like she had, had to walk up a customer's stairs and she felt like she was walking sideways like a crab. Now that is not being realigned back in the body. When right. you've left and gone out on the astral, when you're not grounded, you feel woozy and uh, just not click back in which is why she was stumbling but to her she thought that she had some kind of like aneurysm or something <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so, I'll wrap this up by saying I'd forgotten all about that oh yeah so fast forward three months after my mother telling me this story what happens Whitney dies on my mother's birthday February the 11th wow okay when was my mama's birthday? February 11th, this week. This week, which explains yeah. why Whitney would be more forthcoming, that energy, yeah. because so many people, the consciousness would be focused upon her because it's like eight years since her transition this week. There's so much concentrated focus on her and emotion for her that it summons, yes. summons the energy and the essence of her. But I'd forgotten about that. And, and, um, and knowing that you were going to be doing this and we were going to be recording this and getting this out, um, you know, through YouTube and iTunes and Spotify and everything like that. Um, she also took that as an opportunity to, to say, Hey, hello, hello, oh, hello. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's so, let's, so let's honor her. Let's honor mm -hmm. Whitney Houston mm -hmm. and let's allow her to whatever you're getting right now or what you've gotten before because you had mentioned briefly that you did see, uh actually see the someone um holding the the back of her head and pushing forcibly, her, yeah. forcibly putting there but but there's more there's more to it and there's probably something else that she would like to say 
So let's open that up um, if you don't mind. And you can, if, if you need a little silence for a while, that's fine. Don't even, don't worry about that. But oh, she's, she's already here. She's been here since Friday night. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's ready to go. It's me trying to articulate because my logic brain likes to try and categorize all the different things because this is such a huge story. It's big. It's bigger than just the events of that day. You know, it's, all the key players involved. It's a, it's a big deal. Um, so I'm just asking that she assist me in articulating it as, as best we can okay. yeah. right here. So on the 11th of February, 2012, uh, it, we received news that Whitney was found dead in the Beverly Hilton in California. 3.55 p.m. And it's the eve of Clyde Davis's annual Grammys pre-party. Um, they do reveal that the cause of death appears to be accidental drowning, but law enforcement issue a statement saying that they don't suspect criminal activity. And this is where Whitney disagrees, very much so. So she takes me to a scene. I can see her in her room. She, she shows me, the, the, it feels like a week. feels like she was there maybe five days a week, staying at the hotel in preparation for the Grammys and this pre-Grammys party. Um, and of course, she's out in um, Beverly Hills and she's, yeah, she's going to some parties and she's enjoying, she's hanging out. But... And this is something that she was really drawing my attention to is she got slammed in the press at that time for looking bloated and looking drunk in clubs and her behavior and things like that. Right. But what she's saying to me is that that week specifically, she was very much taking care of herself. She was, she did drink some, right. Yeah. And she still liked to smoke. Yeah. But she wasn't doing any hard drugs. Um, and we're led to believe differently. And the autopsy says differently, but we'll get to that. And it's just, and I think she wants to specify that particularly because it's, it's shameful how we discredit someone and how we shame them in their death because they've had a history of substance abuse and problems, how we feel it's okay to use that as a cause of death, as a reason, um, when it's not, you know, to get away with murder, to cover up foul play. Um, and more so because she was particularly focused in the run-up to that and at her stay in the, in the Beverly Hilton on being clean, right? She was training, she was working out, she wanted to get in shape because she had just done that tour, which she should never have done. Again, I'm trying not to bounce over there, but that's pressure for money. To, because her family are all getting fed. Her family were all Team Whitney on payroll. And that's pressure. When we've got this woman who had lost 99% of her vocal ability, she could barely speak. But yeah, we're going to put her on a world tour because that's where the money is, in putting bums on seats, ticket sales and merchandise. And she was not, not a well girl. She wasn't physically or emotionally stable enough at that point to go and, and be worked the way she was. And then of course, on top of that, the reception that she received 
um, she was slated. And that is heartbreaking. If you go on and you watch any of the, the final videos of Whitney's performances, oh my God, she's really trying, you know? And, and she was always just a beautiful performer, but that voice had gone. And people were walking out of her shows and she was being slated in the press and um it was just really pitiful and i think if i were there what what would i have done if i'd have ever been lucky enough to see her even in that state would i have walked out no i wouldn't have i would have sung it with her i'd have sung it with her and yes right. <laughs> you know what i mean because right, we know all the songs exactly right in her dna yeah and she's up there and she's doing her best and she's struggling how can you how can you walk out on someone like that or slate them for it i don't know anyway i've gone off on that one but she was really trying now to come back from that because she that that was that was the comeback and and she'd flopped because she wasn't able she wasn't physically able so now she this and this is why it's important that she was being very conscious about her health and she's trying to get fit and she's training and she's swimming and she's working out she's trying to get in shape and be strong so that she can do these things so where do i want to go with that i'm asking i'm asking right so she shows me the day of her murder now she's in a suite she's on the bed she's in a robe white i think it's a hotel robe um, and she's bare I can, and I'm seeing these silly details because I'm just saying exactly what I can see. I can see a little tuxedo and they're crossed. And she's wiggling them and she's on the phone. She's having a little smoke. She's got music playing. It's gospel music. Um, and she is, ooh, she is aware. There, there is a sense of peace, right? There's a sense of calmness and acceptance and preparation because now she is aware that there's a hit on her because the night before mm -hmm, the night before oh, so on february the 10th um there was the attempted assassination of bobby christina whitney's daughter okay so what i see is that the floor that they're on in the beverly hilton it's not just a room that whitney's got or, or a suite it's like i don't know whether she's got the whole floor but at least the majority and they're all team whitney but there's some snakes residing on that floor who she believes you know are a team are, are, are her crew i get i feel that right so i i'm gonna say that bobby christina's room is next door to whitney's if it's not next door then it's directly opposite so so right next door and bobby christina had been drugged the night before and now we all know again bobby christina bless her had problems with um substance abuse right but and and this is why it's such an easy thing to do right. to right. Someone and it not be questioned bobby christina had been in rehab she wasn't using at that time she had been drugged and it's in a drink which is um again mirroring the prince case correct it's in a drink she loses consciousness she wakes up in the tub they thought that she would drown by placing her in the tub but she right. wakes up she doesn't know what the hell she's going on and what's happened to her which of course she shares that with whitney and amongst team whitney 
So now the purpose of doing that to Bobby Christina was to tip Whitney over the edge. Because if she lost her daughter to supposed overdose and, and drowning, um, there would be nothing left to live for. Absolutely nothing that she would want to stay on this planet for anymore. And so what easier way to kill an artist than to uh, give them the tools to do it themselves? Right. Give them that, that nudge to do it. Um, but they were unsuccessful with, with Bobby Christina that night. So, of course, now um, Whitney is understanding of what's going on. That something's going on, right? Yeah, because that's the night before. But, yeah, it's really, it's, it's a really strange because she seems quite serene in this scene of the suite as she's on that bed, the music's on, she's having a smoke. It's like an acceptance. It's like, well, there ain't nothing I'm going to be able to do about it. Um, it's not that she's given up because she's a fighter. She's, she's feisty, fiery, but I don't know. It's like a, it's like a strange calm. It's maybe it's shock. I don't know whether the body's way of dealing with things. But she knows it's coming. She knows it's coming. Now she's on her own. She's on her own. Um, she's reading a Bible. That's what I want to mention as well, is that in this time period, in the weeks running up to it as well, like Whitney's come back, but specifically this week at the Beverly Hilton, um, it's like she's having an awakening. She'd always been very spiritual, very connected to God, uh, typically religious. But it was as if, and I'm not sure whether it's because she was maintaining it in a rehab program at the time so she was clean and she was taking care of her body so of course your own natural vibration elevates and you become more psychic just in the act of that right that she was becoming very clear and she had an awakening experience a spiritual experience where she started to determine who the infiltrators were in our circle and she realized she was being played oh i got chills now all down my right side um and she and it was incredible shock because they were people that she felt um, that she, it was it was disappointing because she felt she'd invited them in. Do you see? There, there's one. Are we naming names tonight, or are we? Whatever you like, whatever she wants. Yeah, say it. Okay, so we have Ray J, who I do, he's he's not so big over here. Brandy's brother. He's known as Brandy's brother. He's not so big over here. Um, he did a stint in Celebrity Big Brother and he spoke a little bit about Whitney, but it was to say, I'm not really going to say anything. And my, my, my biggest regret is that I wasn't there. And he gave all this spiel. And now that's bullshit because there's some real trickery involved with Ray J. Um, she feels that she invited him in. He says they were just friends. They weren't. They were having a romantic relationship on and off for a number of years. He's quite a bit younger, but whatever, she was beautiful, beautiful, powerful woman. So people would perhaps question why someone like Ray J would, would want to infiltrate. Well, well, first things, because, you know, he has some, some minor success of his own, right? Some notoriety of his own. But no, but no Whitney Houston success. Not Whitney, money baby. So, and, and that, I think, living under his sister Brandy's shadow, Forever, I'd always known as Brandy's brother. Um, it's demasculating, and he wanted he wanted something for himself. Now he wasn't interested 
in uh, Whitney in the way that he was portraying that he was, and he was having a, uh, an intimate relationship with her, but that was to manipulate, to manipulate, to infiltrate the circle. Um, and going back to golden parachutes, there's a financial incentive to be in there now. Was, Sorry, you... that was that was my question. That's been buzzing and burning. Is um, yeah, is how much? How much? So was who? So was Whitney Houston, and her catalog of hits um, is massive, right? Oh yeah. Who was she signed with? She was signed with Arista, which is Clive Davis. Um, Clive signed her when she was, I think, nineteen years old. Um, there was something I wanted to say about Clive. What I want to say about him. Fast forward into Whitney's career, years down the line, and she re-signed. She always stayed with Clive, but she re-signed a new contract with Arista in about 2001, so 10 years prior to her passing. And the deal was for $100 million, right? Which at the time, and maybe still, is one of the biggest ever contracts. record contracts ever signed. Right. Um, on the understanding that she would release six albums, I'm not sure that she fulfilled that. I know she did some, but they were slated as flops. So, Clive Davis' net worth is estimated at $850 million. And you've got his highest paid artist at $100 million. Just think of that. Why, why are you paying an artist $100 million when you're earning eight fifty? How 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 can that be right for managing somebody? I just I don't I just don't understand the equality there and the and the fairness in this whole game. But yes, it is a game. So I wrote something down actually. Let me grab it about Clyde Davis. He had written right in his 1974 memoir. He writes: "An artist can be extremely gifted yet remain unsuccessful if he or she records the wrong music." or gets an image that confuses potential audiences. Now, what did we have with Whitney, which contributed to her issues, right? She was a gay black woman who wanted to sing gospel. So that's not the market. He's just said it exactly back there in 1974 before he met her, that that wouldn't work. Anyone who's going to confuse an audience will not be successful regardless of their talent. Mm. Um, and this is where... Whitney's issues stem from. We've got this hidden and suppressed sexuality, um, along with this insincere image that she's being forced to portray. So that becomes then this heady mix of like conflict and trauma, which she self-medicated for then. Correct. Um, and, and again, with the sexuality, it was condemnation and inacceptance from her family and the record label and management, Clive Davis. Now, Clive Davis is now saying all these years later, that he never knew Whitney was gay. He didn't know of any relationship with Robin Crawford. Everybody knew in Team Whitney about Robin Crawford and their relationship and, and the dynamic of it. He's a liar. And that, that, is, that was just, I think, to not be accepting of any blame that he was, along with her family, the person telling her she could not be who she truly was. Right. And, and with that, you've got to accept some responsibility for the self-medication. 
but he's but but he's saying he's on record saying he didn't know he didn't know Whitney was gay and then he goes on to talk oh well she dated Eddie Murphy she was married to Bobby Brown talk, just talking about men yeah anybody else who knows her will tell you the truth and I'm curious what the deal was um, upon her death who benefited the most Pat Houston Pat Houston her sister-in-law ultimately in the end because Bobby Christina was uh what's the term i'm asking i'm asking was in the custody of then of pat houston pat houston is married to gary houston or garland their name is because i think that she he's he's gary is whitney's half brother i believe but she got she uses the houston name and so she's whitney's sister-in-law Again, was Team Whitney. Now she's on record. She does interviews with Oprah and, and whatever, and she'll say that she was Whitney's manager. She was never Whitney's manager. She'll sometimes say that she was Whitney's assistant. Now maybe we'll give her that because although she didn't have the title of assistant, she was on payroll. Um, they all were. They were they were Klingons. They were just with her. She she was surrounded by her family. They were all kept on retainers even when they weren't doing anything, not touring or anything. Right. She right. provided. She's from that era of providing. So. Pat Houston, when um, Whitney was going through, I think it was a staged intervention at one point. She had, she was bullied into signing over custody of Bobby Christina. Oh, guardianship, yeah, guardianship of Bobby Chris to Pat Houston, which she didn't want to do, but she was kind of backed into a corner. They were taken her forcibly to rehab, and Bobby Chris was a minor, so it was a case of you sign that paperwork and out the door you go. You know, right. um, there was something I wanted to say about that. I can't remember. So if you think when you've got Whitney out the way, Bobby Chris is the sole um, heir. Heir, the sole heir to the Houston, Whitney Houston estate and all royalties. When you take Bobby Chris out of the picture, who then benefits the Houston estate? Who is in control of the Houston estate? Pat Houston. Now, Pat Houston is out here still selling personal items of Whitney's, um, like passports, her first ever passport, you know, really personal oh, things cool. that you would want to keep. Yeah. Um, she's now bringing, uh, have you seen the hologram tour, the Whitney hologram? No. Yeah, we've got that coming to Cardiff now next month, I think it is, or April. Oh my um, God. The world tour, the Whitney hologram. She's releasing unreleased tracks. And I think so people, she's, she's cashing in. She's making a lot of oh, money. Oh, continuing. Con yeah. yeah. Continuing to as much as she can squeeze from it. So people need to understand, the public need to understand if you are a fan of, let's say, in this case, Whitney Houston, you might be excited to hear unreleased music or to read um, a tell-all book, or to go and watch a movie based on their life story, whatever it might be, or, or go and see the tribute concepts by the merchandise. You've got to ask yourself who is benefiting, yes. who is receiving the money, because it is important. And you might think, oh, it's not important because they're dead. Now, what does it matter? It matters because they were murdered for this purpose, so that the industry, the machine, can continue to benefit in a much more affluent, powerful way than they ever could if the artist was still alive. They're worth more dead than alive. 100% they are. 
even even if you took any royalties, any shows, any merch and tours out of the equation, the life insurance, the life insurance policy in itself, a billion dollars. You know, I don't know if that was the case with Whitney. She would have been insured, but I don't know the facts. She would have been insured by, by the record label. By Arista. Yeah, Clive Davis. What's interesting about Clive as well is I think he's about 85 now. Mm -hmm. And after all these years of suppressing who Whitney truly was, he's come out as bisexual now. Oh, yeah. 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 Finally. (laughs) Finally. We've got, um, oh my gosh, we've we've only got like about five more minutes left in the show. I know. (laughs) So, so I want to, um, I want to give you the opportunity to, to talk to the list, to the listeners and the viewers about, um, how they can, how they can find you. Um, if you've got a website that they can, um, find out more about you, if they want to book a session with you, um, let our, let our, our viewers and our listeners know how they can reach you. And, and also what you can help them with. Okay, cool. So um, my website, my web address is www.loogeorge.org. It's under construction at the moment because I'm changing up things with the way I work. So I'm just amending some stuff on that at the moment, but it should be back up by the time this goes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, failing that, you can find me on Facebook at The Good Vibe Tribe. The Good or- Vibe Tribe. Okay. Yeah, and on Insta, try the goodbye. But I'm usually on Facebook on my page there where we do our lives. What can I help you with? Um, healing sessions. Obviously, I like to read. I do psychic readings. I do channelings. But I like to um, assist in healing. So if you've got any traumas, blocks, anything preventing you from moving forward in life, anything that you want to drop, any baggage, that is what I like to do. But more so, my favorite thing to do is teach you how to be psychic, how to tap in to your own intuition, how to connect with your family, your guides, with source. That is where we're at, and that's where the, the website's been updated at the moment. And that's what that's what's um, the, the beautiful part is that you're teaching people to use their their natural innate gifts, but that they that's been squashed or repressed or you know, washed over with all of this uh, dogma and everything and helping them uh, tap into those skills, which is, which would be very beneficial in every aspect in life. Yeah. Just help them to remember how to do it. And that can be applied towards, you can use your psychic abilities um, in relationships uh, at, at work. Uh, If you're thinking about starting a new business with your health, oh my goodness. So important. The power that's that's involved with that. So folks, if you want to find out more, you can go to loogeorge.org. That's loogeorge.org. And on Facebook and Instagram, it's, say that again, it's the Good Vibe Tribe. The Good Vibe Tribe. Yeah. The Good Vibe Tribe. And you do, you definitely want to follow her on the social media because um, she pops up from time to time with these, just like what she was um, getting with the wonderful Whitney Houston and, and that, urge to speak and the same thing with the prince and so many others and people who are not quote-unquote celebrities and famous we're talking yeah. the yeah. the psychic detective work that uh lou george has done on missing children on um these cases where children they, they you know they, they find them in a situation that's not so good mm-hmm. um lou george is is amazing at tapping into that and revealing i think i if i had a 
if I had a police department, if I had, if I had a detective agency or a, or a police department, I'd put you on payroll. I'd get oh, you on pleasure. payroll. <laughs> I'd be like, awesome. so and so this has happened. What do you, what are you picking up? And I know you would pick it up right away. I know I, I, you'd, you'd be able to see and hear things that um, regular detectives wouldn't be able to. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's so lovely to see you. It's wonderful to see you. And um, again, folks, if you want to get in touch with Lou George, and you really should, it's lougeorge.org. That's lougeorge.org or on social media at the Good Vibe Tribe, which is such yeah. an awesome name. Thank you so much, darling. Thank you, babe. And I want to thank you, wonderful listeners and viewers, for tuning in. As always, I want to remind you to think outside of that box. If you want more information about the show, you can go to outofthebox.christine.com. Or if you want more information about me, just go to christineblosdale.com. Okay, until next time, think outside of that box, be outside of that box, and contact Lou George. All right. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye.